0: Welcome, all my friends and everyone interested in this ancient text called the Bible and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have a guest with me, and we're going to be talking about just that, Stephanie. Actually, uh, my wife says, Mrs. Dad jokes, (laughs) because we've had your husband on here, and he's done some dad jokes with us, and he's been on a couple episodes, Nick. Um, Before we get into talking about the Bible and Jesus... Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure.
1: Well, um, I just found out today that I am Mrs. Dad jokes. So <laughs> right. I do like that. I'll, I'll go with that. Um, but about me, I am a wife. I'm a mother. Um, I work full time as a manager in healthcare. So definitely stay really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very family oriented. So my hobbies really just include spending quality time with family and friends and love reading. So Bible is a good place to start.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like when, when, whenever we hear about like your journey through the Bible, I get so excited because reading's hard for me and you're like, Oh, check out this devotional and check out this (laughs) other thing. I'm like, Oh, that's great. I can't do that. But yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your like journey into faith.
1: Sure. Um, so growing up, I have pretty much grown up always believing in God. Um, we didn't we went to church kind of intermittently. Um, it was always up to us to as the kids to, you know really decide if we wanted to continue with church, what worked for us, and whatnot. So um, always believed in God. I found that I really got more into believing in Jesus specifically, through the COVID pandemic. So Mm, a lot of at home time was spent there. Um, And there are moments in my life as an adult where I knew that he had been moving in different ways for me, whether that was keeping people in my life, um, moving people out of my life when I needed it. Either way, I just knew he was always there, Mm -hmm. you know, one way or another. So during the pandemic that actually allowed my husband and I to grow even closer to him which was awesome um and we found ourselves being drawn to home church mm-hmm. um or ha- house church right. however we, <laughs> right i however get we crap co- for that so yeah, yeah. Well, i don't house know church, what it is <laughs> some, yeah church in some in people's homes right um but we just felt like we hadn't really founded church that we belong to necessarily yeah. um so house church was where we felt finally at peace like okay this is this is where we are meant to yeah. practice our faith and become even closer to god and jesus so um we started house church haven't gone back and yeah i love reading so yes i do read lots of different devotionals now i think i'm in um, two different devotional books, and then I even look at an app that I read every day mm-hmm. too. So different, yeah, avenues of faith. And then,
0: uh, my wife actually baptized you.
1: Yes, um, June twenty third of last year. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. So 2022. yes, twenty two. Yes, there. So during that time, there was a lot of heaviness that I felt, a lot of weight that I felt on my shoulders, and um, I think one of afternoons when you had just gone on a trip you mm. came back from a trip and we're talking about baptism oh, and yeah. it was almost like a light bulb clicked on my head in my head mm. where it was this is what I need this is exactly what I need right now so yeah cool pretty soon after that um got baptized by your Amazing wife, so.
0: she And she was on one episode, and so we call her Mrs. Dumb Christian.
1: Okay, so Mrs. Dumb Christian <laughs> baptized, Mrs. Mrs. Dad, Dad jokes. Joke. Right. <laughs> man, it's, it's been a pretty amazing experience ever yeah. since then. So it definitely makes a difference, and yeah, it's been awesome.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. And so I was, it's been a couple weeks, and I just I felt like, man, I need to do just like, a special edition dumb Christian with Easter right around the corner. And I just felt like the Lord really placed it on my heart and I was praying. I was like, who, who am I supposed to do this with? And I was just like, man, you know, you've been so like into it and like discovering stuff. I'm like, well, she's probably a good candidate. So she reads a lot. Maybe she'll have something to say about it. So what I want to do and, and the way we've kind of planned this is we're going to, we're going to, try and take like a broad stroke view of about a week before Jesus's death, the three days he's in the tomb and then what's going on after the resurrection. And this, you know, depending on how long this goes, it might be a two-parter. But basically where we were thinking about starting is, um, I guess let's go John 11, because that's where Jesus resurrects lazarus from the dead lazarus is one of his best friends you know um that's kind of the illusion that we get from scripture he's sick he gets word that his friend is sick and he says we're gonna wait we're not even gonna go heal him from being sick he dies jesus finally shows up and he's been dead for four days lazarus has been dead lazarus's sisters mary and martha are like, Jesus, what the WTF? You could have healed this guy. And he's like, chill, bro. I got you, fam. And raises Lazarus from the dead, which is actually kind of like the turning point where the, the, the Pharisees who have already hated Jesus, they're like, oh, shit. Things are getting out of hand. He's raising people from the dead. It's the word is spreading across the land. They're like, we have to shut this guy down now. Okay. So that's kind of like going on in the background. There's, there's this plot that begins. We have to find someone who will betray Jesus. So if you don't know what's coming down the line, someone's going to betray Jesus. Spoiler alert. But in the meantime, they throw this massive party. Because Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus, I think, was a really popular guy in town. They have a massive party, you know, pinatas and a fondue. What's the cheese? The cheese fountain. Yeah. Um,
1: ke- that's not queso. I'd have queso if it was my party. <laughs> a queso,
0: <laughs> a queso fountain. <laughs> right. They they have this massive party, and something really significant happens during this party.
1: Yes. So um during this party a woman approaches jesus and has like a bottle uh, in her hand and pours it on his head and everyone kind of looking at her like what are you doing why would you do that to jesus um and it turns out it's a bottle essentially like a bottle of perfume it's it's an anointment so she was anointing him in preparation for what was about to happen um and
0: What, let's pause there for a second. What do you mean what's about to happen?
1: So we are at the point where we know Jesus is about to be betrayed throughout. I guess if you haven't read, um, there are different prophecies Mm -hmm. that keep, that kind of repeat themselves as, as we go through history. Um, And one of those prophecies is that someone will come down, you know, from heaven to save everyone and that when they do come down, they will essentially take on all of our sin to save us.
0: And Jesus has kind of reiterated those prophecies throughout. He's like, hey, just heads up, guys, I'm the son of man and the son of man is going to die. So he knows he's mentioned it a few times. I don't think his disciples quite get it. But that's what you're referring to. Yes. When, so there's something about and I don't know if this woman and I think her name is Mary. I think in one of the Gospels we get her name is Mary. I don't even know if she realizes what she's doing. Like when I read this story, I just think like. This is a really expensive perfume. She loves this guy who is raising people from the dead. Right. And she wants to like bless him and anoints him. That's like totally foreign to us, but that's like coming into someone's interrupting someone's birthday party, like smashing Dior and just like dumping it on.
1: Right. No one was expecting (laughs) it. All of a sudden this woman just walks up and she's like, here you go. Yeah. And I think even, I mean, Jesus knew, but it it just seems so spontaneous to everyone else that it's just, it came by surprise. And then what, Surprised him even more was that it was an expensive bottle mm-hmm. of perfume. So it's not just that she took a random bottle of your cheap right. five dollar body spray from
0: from Rue Twenty One. Right.
1: No, this was like a <laughs> Chanel Number no. Five.
0: Yeah. So I perfume think that actually she poured the the value. I think is like a year's wages. Is I think. Yeah. The way that they calculate it, because one of the disciples was like, what a waste, we could have sold that and given the money to the poor, I think it was about a year's wages. Yes. Yeah, Something crazy.
1: Yeah. And they, I believe they started, you know, they started chastising her and mm-hmm. almost yelling at her, what What are you doing? Why would you do this? And yeah. Jesus interrupts everybody and he said, hold on a second, she this was supposed to happen. She, she is anointing me for what is about to come that I've already told you all about.
0: Mm -hmm. And then he does reiterate it there. Cause I think he does say she's anointing me for my burial. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, and then he says, you're right. They're like, kind of like scolding her. And he's Mm -hmm. like, you guys, whenever the gospel is told, this story of her is going to be part of that yes
1: yes he says her memory will be when we retell the story it will her memory will show up or will be present going and to be part all of the story yes she's gonna be part of the story now okay. which I, I thought was interesting <laughs> that we don't even know her name until like one it's mary yes what i thought was interesting was as we're as you're reading about it in the Bible, all you hear is about this woman, this woman, and then finally you find out what her name was.
0: So that's really interesting because we weren't even going to start with that story. <clears throat> but you felt the need to. Mm-hmm. And hmm that's a little coincidental and convenient that <laughs> she's part of the story, just like Jesus prophesied she would be. <laughs> right. Okay, so... Then there's this awkward silence, right? And everyone doesn't know what to do and is waiting for Jesus. Fine. Okay. The party goes on and the next day they're trying to make their way to Jerusalem. Okay. So Jesus is headed to Jerusalem. The disciples are like, we shouldn't go there because the Pharisees are furious and they're trying to kill you. Jesus says, I have to do this. So they make their way to Jerusalem. This is where we get the triumphal entry. I think this Sunday is actually Palm Sunday, which is the Sunday that they celebrate Jesus entry into Jerusalem, waving palm fronds. Okay, he makes his way into Jerusalem. He's been there for a week. Lots of stuff happens. Um, And then we get to Thursday night, I think. Yeah, Thursday night. Is is when the Passover, the Jewish Passover, starts.
1: What I thought was interesting was the disciples were led there because Jesus said, "Hey, go look. You're gonna go into town. You're gonna look for someone carrying water. Mm -hmm. This person is gonna lead you to the room that we're gonna have our Last Supper." So it's not even. It wasn't a designated. Like they didn't rent a you know a banquet hall by any means. It was just someone's home, who. They happened to have the perfect setting for what he wanted mm. to accomplish, and so up to this point, he's already told the disciples multiple times what is going to happen, and they still don't want to believe him
0: the the his death you mean his yes, yeah,
1: yes, so then this supper i I think when they when this supper started, do they even realize that this is the last supper?
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine that they would. And and I I can't help but wonder if maybe part of the reason why they didn't get it is because Jesus often spoke in parables. Yes. So maybe they're thinking like Jesus is being cryptic and like being weird. And they're like, I just don't get what he's saying. So yeah, no, I mean, they have, they got to have no clue. Right. This is... And I think according to the Bible, this is the third Passover meal that they've had. So they've been with Jesus for three years. This is the third Passover meal that they're going to have with him. Yeah, so they're just in some random, like who is this guy? We don't even right. Know whose yeah, house it's like it's a person they've
1: never seen before. Who's right. like, here, have supper here. Right.
0: Hey, water jug guy. Uh we're gonna have Passover at your house. And he's like,
1: okay. Right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Are you familiar with what like the Passover meal is and the holiday?
1: I'd say not, not very much.
0: So like in Egypt, you know, the, the 10 plagues, like the story of the Exodus. Mm -hmm. So the last plague is the death of the firstborn. And, And God says, if you sacrifice a lamb and paint the blood over the doorpost, the angel of death will pass over your house. and and protect you so there's this like um protective sacrifice that needs to be made in order for god's wrath to be avoided okay so that's the celebration they're remembering how god did this and that's the jewish holiday jesus and his disciples are up there remembering god's salvation his power the protective sacrifice and it's just like beautiful picture of, of what's about to come. They're sitting there trying to enjoy this like celebratory meal, celebrating God's salvation and his power. And Jesus washes their feet. Like I've heard, you know, I've seen the meme and I've heard it like, oh, Jesus washes Judas's feet. Spoiler alert, Judas is the one that betrays <laughs> right. Jesus. But here's like, and I, this is something that the Lord's kind of been like showing me is that God is a foot washer. Like, I feel almost like blasphemous saying that, but
1: Jesus was a servant and he wants us to also be servants. It's yeah. not, we are not here. Um, we're not here to just do good works and to check the boxes. Okay. We're here to serve others and to be a servant of God to do his will.
0: Well, and I just, I think that it's so interesting that his will was to wash feet. Right. Like, have you ever washed a grown man's feet?
1: No, feet it's, weird me out. I don't. <laughs> I'm sure.
0: I'm sure the majority of people in the world right. feel that way, right? So, yeah, I have washed a grown man's feet. <laughs> right? It's a little gross. It's a little embarrassing. And there's something about God that He wants us to know. That's part of who He like. That's a quality He possesses. Is
1: right. Um, hmm. So one of the verses in Matthew was for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So it, in this part, it's, I feel like it's kind of talking about how he didn't come down so he could just not come down to earth so that he could be glorified. He came down to earth so that he could show us how we should be serving others. He didn't do it to be seen or to be known. He did it because he understood the seriousness of what God is commanding of us and that he understood the seriousness of his command, which is that he was here to sacrifice his life to save us.
0: And I think so. I I just want to like kind of like maybe fill in because I think he did come and do this to be known. Because I think it's, it is like a, I want you to know this about me. Like yes. I am, like I am humble and I am like, he doesn't have to be humble. He's God. Right? right. Right. But he's like, I want you to know this about me. And like, it's interesting that you say like, he didn't come. I think what you mean when you say he didn't come to be glorified, like he didn't come to be treated like a rock star.
1: Right. He didn't come to be treated like a king or. Yeah. Yeah. I'm here so that you guys can worship me. Yes, that yes, we do need to worship God, and but he want he wants us to know that just being servants to His will—that's all you know—that's all He's asking for. He loves us so much that
0: that He would do that. That
1: He would even do
0: that. Man, okay, so he he's washing all the disciples' feet. He dries all their feet. He actually gets to Peter. Do you remember what happens when he gets to Peter? I do Peter says, oh, nay, nay, you're not washing my feet. And Jesus says, bro, if I don't wash your feet, you can't have any part of me. Like, you have to let me serve you, which is, again, I feel a little bit blasphemous saying that. But Jesus is saying, like, you have to let me serve you. You have to let me do this embarrassing, humiliating thing in your life, hang on, something's like well wrecking so me right now. Isn't
1: that isn't that just that was his sacrifice? It's he's saying, You have to let me do this because by letting me do this, I am saving all of you. Whoa. There and so this whole time Peter's not getting that Peter's not understanding what he's saying. He's not understanding. No, really, I have to die for all of you, even washing his feet. I don't want you to wash my feet. And he says, no, you have to let me do this.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then <laughs> and then Peter's like, okay, then not my whole feet, or not my feet, my whole body. And Jesus <laughs> is like, okay, you're missing the point here. <laughs> Hold
1: on a second. <laughs> right.
0: I just need to wash your feet. And there's a whole lot of other stuff behind it, but okay. But he washes he also, you know, it doesn't explicitly say this, but if he washes all the disciples' feet, he washed Judas' feet. This is the same guy who was bitching about the 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 perfume. Yes. He's the one who said, how come we didn't sell this and give the money to the poor? Like, he's just totally missing the point here. And, and Jesus knows Judas is going to betray him. In fact, he says, by the way, BT dubs one of you is going to betray me. And he kind of like does like the sneaky wink at Judas. I know it's you bro. And he washes his feet anyway.
1: Right. man. During the meal, they're all of course eating, celebrating Passover and he stands up. Of course he has a loaf of bread and he says, Hey, I want to break this for you guys. This is my, this is my flesh. I want you to eat this for me Um, and then he also has wine and of course most people have heard this part of it at least but drink the wine do this in memory of me Mm -hmm. Um, this is how I will stay with all of you and I think even then they still don't quite understand the significance of that they're they're looking at him thinking okay why why are we eating this yes we're eating already why is it important that this Bread is being broken and given to all of us.
0: Like in conjunction with him saying, man, what did you just say? Because I don't think I've ever heard that. It put that way before. You said to remember that I'm with you. What did you say?
1: said do this in memory of me to remember that I'm always with you.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, so the traditional view of the passover bread and the wine is the the bread is unleavened so there's no yeast in it so it's flat bread the point of that it's supposed to be that way the point of it is when god was going to deliver israel out of egypt he said you don't have time to let it rise because as soon as i deliver you it's going to be immediate It's going to be complete and it's going to be immediate. You won't have time to like get a full loaf, flatbread only. And, and so there's this like connection with Jesus's body. What he's doing in the flesh is going to be as immediate and complete as the deliverance and salvation of the Israelites from Exodus. And the wine was symbolic of the lamb's blood. Right. And so he's convert. He's like taking these emblems and he's saying these things that you remember God's salvation and his deliverance from Egypt. We're going to translate those into God's complete salvation of like eternal spiritual salvation. It's immediate. It's complete. And it's done through my blood. Eat this and drink this to remember me. And I, I love what you said to remember that I'm with you.
1: After the last supper that is when he takes three i believe it's three of his disciples and asks them to come out with him
0: to the garden of the gethsemane gar- yes. so yes. he actually takes all 11 to the garden but then he takes three like a little bit more further because further. Okay. this is that's right. the part where judas That is like, oh, I know Jesus is going to take everybody to his secret little prayer garden. I'm going to go get the priests and lead them to his secret hiding spot. Yes. So that's when they kind of separate. Judas goes to the priests to betray Jesus. Jesus takes the other 11 Mm -hmm. to, like, the campfire area. And then he takes Judas, not Judas, James... Peter. Peter and John. Yes. And he takes those three a little bit further to have like a little private prayer time.
1: So then he takes the three there and he says, okay, I want you guys to hang here. Mm -hmm. I am going to go off on my own to pray. Yep. But please stay on guard. So he's telling them to stay awake. I'm going to go off on my own and pray. Please stay awake and alert. So he goes off to pray on his own. And wow. there are a couple, for me, there are a couple interesting things that happened here. He goes off to pray on his own and essentially comes, you know, he comes back once and they're all asleep. Yeah. And he says, come on, guys. Why? Yeah. You guys all fell asleep. Well, we're sorry. We're sorry. We'll stay awake this time. It's <laughs> right. like, okay. And he goes and prays for a second time. Comes back. They're asleep again. He's like, seriously, you're right. going to fall asleep. And they're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise we'll stay awake. Goes and prays for a third time and then comes back and they're still asleep. Yeah. So there's three different times where he's come back to check on them, which I think I think is very intentional that he is checking to see if they are on guard. Why? Um I think because of the reason I want to say I think part of it is because of the reason that he was praying, which is the other interesting part for okay, me. Okay. Okay. So when he goes off to pray on his own um Through Jesus' life, he prayed a lot on his own with God. That was his time with him. These three times, though, knowing what he had to do and what he had to sacrifice to save us, he still went to God and said, please, if there's any other way, That we can save them. That does not involve what I have to do. Mm
0: -hmm. Please
1: tell me what it is. (laughs) I will do something else. Please,
0: anything. Which
1: kind of showed his human side. He still doesn't, you know, he didn't want to suffer. He didn't want to. He was still, not that he didn't want to, but he was very, he experienced the human side of suffering. Like, I, I don't want to do this, but if you need me to, I will. And so he specifically says, it will be your will that I do this.
0: Okay, I I, I don't want to derail you, but you said a couple things that I'm like really interested in. Wow, like as you say this, honestly, for the first time, like I'm thinking about this, Jesus is saying, I don't want to go through this. If the Bible is correct and true... Jesus never sinned, right? Right. So he has no idea. Like when I sin, I'm like, oh, damn it. I screwed up again. God, I'm sorry. Jesus has never had to feel that like disjointed relationship. He's always had a perfect relationship with the father. He's about to experience the full consequence of everything everyone's sin throughout history right and he's never ever experienced even a hint of what sin does to your relationship with god
1: right and i can't imagine how overwhelming that feeling has to be knowing how how much suffering truly has to happen Mm. in order to save us all and even as he's praying for that and saying god if there's any way that we can avoid this please tell me In that same sentence, he says, but I will do your will.
0: Yeah. I I think if we go back to, you made an interesting comment, again, that I'd never thought about. He said to the three friends that he brought with him, he said, stay on guard. Mm -hmm. Like, even that is like, to me shows, and maybe I'm misunderstanding what he's trying to say there, but he's like, I'm terrified of what's coming. And I don't like, you know, it's like you have your... Teddy bear set up at the edge of the bed to protect you from the boogie monster. Right. Like, I don't, don't let this come to me, protect me from this. Almost like I, I want that extra layer of. Wow.
1: And for me, part of, part of the interesting piece of that, when he says be on guard and he comes back to check on them. To me, it almost illustrates the importance of prayer how important it is to pray and to be able to have those conversations. And I almost Hmm. my own dumb Christian mind is wondering, did he want them to be on guard so that they would also pray in their own way?
0: For sure. I'm sure hoping like, come on guys, ask for the same thing. Like, Let's right. together, let's all pray that there's something else that can be done. Right. He comes back three times and he's like, all right, well, I guess. This I guess is we're done we, here. Yeah. I, <laughs> right. I guess this is what's happening. <laughs> I asked God for another route. He said no. Right. Oh, by the way. And he looks out into the trees mm-hmm. and here comes this crowd with torches and pitchforks and like armed guards. Yeah. Okay, I guess this is what we're doing.
1: Yeah. He even calls him out and says, You how many times have I taught in the temple and you could have arrested me then and yeah. you're choosing right now? But then he ends it by saying, So the scriptures have been fulfilled. Whoa. So it's it's calling them out, but it's also still proving his point of you guys are still as hard as you all are trying to not follow the prophecy. You are still fulfilling the prophecy exactly as it was written, yeah, yeah, yeah. and as it was told. You, you
0: guys are like upset because I'm claiming to be the one that God promised. You guys are right. like, oh wow, yeah, 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 yeah. You guys have done everything you can to undermine, but all you're doing is actually fulfilling. Right. Wow.
1: And your efforts to undermine what is happening, you are just fulfilling what is. Oh man, happening. So go ahead, do what you want. Just know, just know that I'm right.
0: Yeah, that's a, wow, that's a good point. So. All right. So then Peter freaks out, cuts off a guy's ear. Jesus says, slow your roll, heals the guy's ear. And Jesus is like, okay, you can take me. All of his disciples run away.
1: Yes, they all flee.
0: This is like in the middle of the night. Right. Thursday night. Yes. Yes it's It's like when you know the u s. Senate meets at like midnight, right? Nobody right. knows what's happening that right. you find out the next day, oh, by the way, we passed this bill. What? Yeah, <laughs> that's that, kind of what's happening That is here. exactly what's happening they're They're trying to like be sneaky and and do this so that nobody knows. And what I find really interesting is they actually don't take him to the high priest who's in charge. They take Jesus to the Father or the father-in-law. He's it's father of the high priest. Kai um I don't remember his name. But they're like it, it's almost like they they they're knowingly subverting their legal system in order to do what they want. Cuz for yes. some reason this guy has more pole even though he's not the technical high priest like he's more influential in the community or whatever and they're like hey maybe we can get this guy on our side and then he'll have some influence in in the way we want this to go and here's what i think is really interesting maybe you have some thoughts on this but they're asking him they're like they're actually trying to get um two people to agree on an accusation of jesus yes but they can't right they They have two people who say similar stories, but in according to the Jewish law, they have to have two witnesses that verify the same accusation before they can actually technically hold a legal legal counsel. They can't, right? And so Jesus openly says, and he actually quotes Daniel and he says,
1: mm-hmm.
0: "You're gonna I'm the Son of man coming on the clouds." And that's a quote from Daniel where they are talking about God and Jesus in that moment declares by quoting Daniel, I am God. So they can't do this. And Jesus is like, all right, we're running out of time here. If I don't help these guys along, this whole death thing isn't going to happen. They're not going to. So here, here's some, like, here's a little boost to help you guys along. And I just think that's so amazing because, he could have just remained silent and their their whole plan would right. have been screwed up.
1: Yeah. But he, he said that specific statement and that's when they said, There you go. Mm-hmm. It, that's blasphemy. Yep. Now what are you going to do?
0: Right. So then they take him to
1: But then he becomes silent. Right. They ask him about his charges. I think it was it Pilot? Mm-hmm. He even tried He even tried to let him defend himself. All these charges are against you. What are you going to say? So
0: technically, according to the Jewish law, blasphemy is the death sentence. Right. But they're under Roman rule, so they legally can't kill anybody without Roman approval. So they then have to take Jesus to Pilate, who is the Roman governor, and they say, hey, Pilate, according to our law, he's supposed to die Will you give us permission? And that's when Pilate's like... Yes. Yeah. Interrogating him and stuff.
1: Yes. And he's... Pilate is almost trying to help him in whatever way he can. But Jesus remains silent the whole time.
0: Why do you think that is?
1: I think because he knew that if he spoke up, Pilate would find a way to allow him to live. And that couldn't happen. Because Pilate even said, you are really going to remain silent after all these charges. And yeah. he didn't say a word.
0: Yeah. they're tr- The crowd is trying to crucify Jesus. Right. And it's Jewish custom for Pilate to release a prisoner. And P- Pilate is trying to release yes. Jesus. So I yes. don't think Barabbas was going to be crucified. But Pilate picks Barabbas. In hopes that they'll right. want to free Jesus because Instead, right. Barabbas is a real asshole. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah.
1: And then is it I believe that's the point where is it the high priests that go around and they get the crowd all riled up and no, we want Jesus to be we want Barabbas to be released. Jesus yep. has to stay here. So yeah. and as Pilate is trying to convince them that Barabbas should be the one that stays
0: and Jesus is released. Jesus
1: is released. The high priests are going around and um, they're like whispering to the crowd as
0: And that's that's a really like okay, what's going on there because if it weren't for the high priests how oh, and that just makes me think like how easy is it for like the people held in like religious high esteem, how easy is it for them to like convince people? Oh no, you should think about it this way. You should definitely right. like, and they're like, okay, I guess we should kill this guy.
1: Well, especially, in, I believe in that time, you didn't question
0: mm-hmm.
1: high priests, elders of the church. That was just not something that you did. If, yeah. if they said something,
0: you agreed with it. Hmm. Yeah, so they... They're shouting loudly. Pilot is afraid that they're gonna do like you know a riot and burn Target. So he says, "Okay, okay, I'll I'll let you. I'll I'll free this criminal, this horrible horrible criminal, Barabbas. Right, and we'll kill this innocent guy just to get you guys to calm down.
1: Right. But then he also makes the comment." Okay, I will do as you guys have told me. Right. So he doesn't take any, he doesn't want to take any responsibility for the choice that was made.
0: Mm-hmm. He has Jesus beaten to a pulp.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He makes Jesus carry the these large wooden beams, and some some scholars like say maybe it was just the crossbar. Some scholars say it was the crossbar and the post. So anywhere from like 100 to 350 pounds after he's been just tortured,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: he's dragging this. And it's probably a used cross, right? So it's splintery and it has somebody else's blood all over it. Right. He's carrying it through the city. One gospel says that um, a guy, I don't remember his name, Simon of Cyrene maybe. Yes. Helps him carry, but they get the cross up to Golgotha.
1: Yes, Golgotha. <laughs> I'm trying to remember the t- yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah, right, that's right.
0: <laughs> I just I'm like rambling, so I'm like trying to pass it off yeah. to you.
1: Well, so another point that I found interesting because I feel like I'm learning all this for the first time. You know, mm. as as you, anyone who knows. About God or Christianity, you hear the very quick summary. Yes, Jesus came down, He He was crucified, died for our sins, tortured, yada yada yada. Yeah. That's like the very quick summary of what you get. Right. Reading it and truly beginning to understand it though, when even before they gave him the wooden beams to carry, they made him put on a purple robe, mm-hmm. they gave him a crown of thorns. And they allowed people to beat him, spit on him, mock him. And then after that, they made him put on his old garments again and then drag mm-hmm. the wood. So as he's dragging this wooden beam, however many miles he had to go, right. he is dragging this wooden beam. All He's all bloodied up. He's weak. Probably hasn't eaten. Um and he's since wearing, the Last Supper. Since the Last Supper, yeah. right. So he hasn't eaten, and they're making him carry these wooden beams in his garments that have probably been torn up, crown of thorns. I mean, just having that image of watching him have to do that and he's- in front of everybody.
0: Uh, well, okay, so you said he put his they put his clothes back on. At some point I'm pretty sure he's naked. Maybe yes. it's not until he's on the cross.
1: I believe it's on the cross because they tore off <clears> his <throat> garments at that point and then he had to watch them split his garments oh, up that's like right. that's who's right. gonna take this, who mm-hmm. who gets this. He had to watch them essentially take his Gamble for his clothes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when they put him up on the cross, he actually had two people On either side of him, Mm -hmm. two robbers. And what I also thought was interesting was, as everyone else is mocking him, even the robbers are marked. I mean, they're they're both up on crosses with him. They're right right next to him, and they're make they're mocking him and they're insulting him. And
0: even in death, like right, there's something about spitting on Jesus that seems enticing to the human. Being yes, wow, his mom is watching. Yes, his, it was his, his mom is there, like, it
1: was Mary Magdalene and then um, Mary, uh, the mother of two of the disciples, because they were both weren't, I believe, they were both there together, they had followed.
0: Yeah, I, I know there's Jesus' mom. Mary Magdalene and mm-hmm. yeah, another lady. Another, mm-hmm. another Mary. Um, and she's just watching him. Mm-hmm. And like, it makes me think of, you know, the, I don't, when Jesus is born, Mary meets a priest named Simeon, I think. And Simeon says, oh man, this is a great blessing, but there's something about this kid that's just going to like kill your soul. I think he says it, he'll pierce your heart. You'll suffer. Like this guy is going to save people, but you are you you mom are also going to really suffer.
1: Right. One, and I don't know if we want to press into this very much, but another point I found interesting was when he was on the cross. It was right before he died. He did. It. It says that he cried out to God, mm-hmm. and he said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" Yeah. And to me, I, th- I always found that significant because at one point, in order for him to truly take on all of our sin in order to save us, God had to turn his back on him. Yeah. He had to turn his back on his son after he already sent him down here, knowing what he would have to go through. Then he had to turn his back on him. And uh, just allow him to feel all that sin.
0: Yeah, because Paul says in Second Corinthians five twenty one, he says Jesus became sin. Yes, in that moment.
1: Yes. Wow.
0: So that people could return to the family of God, like. Right. Without Jesus doing this, there is no way for people to have an eternal right relationship with the father. Right. He's he's not on the cross for very long. You die from suffocation, Um, but he's been so tortured. He doesn't have the strength to like hoist himself up, pull himself up on the nails to breathe because that's Mm. when hanging with your arms up actually compresses your lungs. So you have to pull up. To release your lungs so you can breathe. Right. And then you drop. He's just so exhausted. It doesn't take him very long to die. Oh, I, what I was going to say is when he's walking through the streets, mm-hmm. it's like the sun is just starting to rise. Yes. Right? So it's been like all night. We're mm-hmm. getting into Friday. He's hanging. He's nailed to a cross Friday, sometime Friday morning.
1: I want to say they said it was at the sixth hour.
0: I don't know what that means, because it's not 6 a.m. I think they measure time by, like, how many hours the sun has been up. Okay. I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. But it's something like that. So he's on the cross. He dies. And this is really important because the Jewish Sabbath starts sundown Friday night. According to the Jewish law, you can't do any work... On the Sabbath, and it starts sundown Friday night. So they're like, "Well, we got to get him down, quick." They find out he he's dead. Okay, let's get his body down so that we don't we can't do anything on on the Sabbath. Right. And then a guy named jo- Joseph Joseph of Arimathea.
1: Hmm.
0: He asks Pilate for Jesus's body because he was one of the not one of the apostles, but he was a follower of Jesus. Right and they put him in a new tomb. John's gospel makes a really important note, and I think it's important to note. John says, they saw the tomb, they knew where it was, because later people are going to come up with these excuses, oh, the apostles got the tomb wrong when they get to the to an empty tomb. Oh, they just went to the wrong tomb. John makes a note, no, we know it, we saw it. Right. This guy's rich, he knew which tomb it was. They put a giant stone in front of the tomb with guards.
1: Right. And they they do that because they wanted... Jesus had already told them that in three days he would rise. He'd be yeah. risen. And so they sealed the tomb and had guards there because they wanted to make sure that that did not happen. Otherwise, he would have been right this whole time.
0: Well... They wanted, yes, but they also wanted to make sure nobody, like, faked a resurrection. Right. Yeah. Right. Stole his body and claimed he raised from the dead. Yes. But the thing about this, like, that's it. Like, Jesus is dead. Yeah, He's not, like, he didn't faint. He is dead. And his disciples who have been following him for three years have to go home and they have to eat. Because the Passover is a week long. So every night for a week, they're eating the Passover meal. They just ate the Passover meal with Jesus last night. All of this crazy shit happens. Now they go home and they have to eat the Passover meal again. And oh my gosh. And what you, wow, I just got chills because what you said was eat this bread and drink this wine to remember that I'm with you. Mm -hmm. Whoa and like can you imagine like what they're like I'm not hungry and they just keep having these flashbacks to when he broke the bread eat this do this in remembrance of me and they're like oh man I can't imagine what that was like that night
1: right